Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, we'll give you the thoughts about the Atlanta Falcons' upcoming schedule. A Mike Smith dream, and can Desmond throw for 25-plus? It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. You can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. Get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Also, check us out now on the SiriusXM app. SiriusXM is where you can find us as well. And then follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. So the schedule was released last night in the NFL for all teams, including the Atlanta Falcons. And now we know the order in which the Falcons are going to play their season. Can I tell you, just in a quick blush glance, I think the hardest stretch of games is actually the preseason. At Miami, home with Cincinnati, home with Pittsburgh. Like that feels like the toughest part of our schedule. And those are the games that don't even count. When I look at this, a few things jump out at me, okay? Um, number one, there is certainly some opportunity to take advantage of the schedule early on in the year. So opening up home <clears throat> against Carolina, at home against the uh, Green Bay Packers, on the road in Jack or in uh, Detroit, and then obviously they're taking on the Jaguars over in London, but then Texans and Commanders at Tampa Bay, at Tennessee, and then uh, Minnesota and Arizona before the bye week. So I think that there are some opportunities to get off to a really good start. But I will also say this. I think that if the Falcons can hang in there for the first three quarters of the season, when you look at the final quarter of the year, even though three of the last four games are on the road, this is by no means a murderer's row. At Carolina, home with Indy, at Chicago, at New Orleans. And when you look at the teams on the Falcon schedule, there is a lot of what ifs. That There is a lot of, okay, maybe they can be good. Maybe that they are a good team. There's a lot of what ifs on the schedule. For instance, we look at Green Bay. You know, is Green Bay going to be the same team without A.A. Ron? With Jordan Love at quarterback? They've still got talent. But are they going to be the same team? You know, certainly Jacksonville and Detroit, that's two up-arrow franchises. So there aren't many of those on the schedule, right? Carolina, I, you know, they're starting a rookie quarterback. Could they be good? Eh, I don't know. I don't I don't think Carolina's going to be all that good. The Texans, I don't think, are going to be all that good. I don't think that the Washington Commanders are going to be that good. I don't think the Buccaneers, I don't think the Tennessee Titans – <clears throat> if Kirk Cousins is not in Minnesota, they might not be very good. Arizona's got one of the worst rosters in the NFL. Obviously, Saints is always a, a coin flip. You could make a case that the most interesting game on the schedule is going up to play, play the Jets and Aaron. And that's going to be an interesting game because, look, the Jets may be in this thing when all is said and done. So, you know, we knew going into this 
that their strength of schedule was the weakest in the NFL. But when I look overall, I don't really see landmines. You know, there's, there's like I said, the, the biggest stretch, when you're at Miami and then Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, like that's landmines. But those games don't count. I don't think that there's any really landmines. Again, home with Detroit, or sorry, home with uh, Green Bay at Detroit and then over in London. And yes, they're not going to take the bye week after they go to London, but that's okay because the bye week falls in week 11. And I think that's a good spread where you've got 10 games and then you've got another seven games after that. You, you're kind of not, not quite in that midway point, but you're really close. You know, you don't want your bye <clears throat> typically where you've only got four games left, like what the Falcons had last year, and you typically don't want your bye early in the season right after the London game. So I think the bye week falls at a perfect opportunity. But when I look at this, you know, schedule, I, I don't see any landmines. Um, I like the fact that the division, even though that there's a lot of division games toward the end of the season, the division is not all just crammed together in the in the year, right? Like there's a little bit more spread out throughout the course of the year, sprinkling through the course of the year. And you don't find yourself after 10 weeks being done with all of your division opponents or, or even one or two division opponents, right? So you're going to get chances to play teams in your division all throughout the year. So there's a lot to like about this from the Falcons' perspective. There's a lot of things that fall into place. Now, look, obviously, they've got to capitalize, right? They've got to capitalize. But if they can hang in <clears throat> for three-quarters of this schedule, they can definitely even, on the road, make some hay. There are some very average teams that they're going to face. Um, you know, obviously you, you don't have, you don't have, a, you have a couple of stretches where you're going to play back-to-back -back road games, but again, at Tampa, at Tennessee, and then at Chicago, at New Orleans, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how good a lot of those teams are going to be. So I think things really have fallen into place for the Falcons as far as the way that their schedule flows, the way that this thing is put together. You know, obviously the road trip in London, and we'll talk about the the Mike Smith dream here in just a, a minute or two. But again, I, I I like the way that this schedule plays itself out. I think the buy comes at a really good time for them. I don't think that you have a three-game stretch where you get real landmines where like, okay, Kansas City, San Francisco, Buffalo. Like that's three landmines, but they don't play those teams. And obviously, it's a last-place schedule. We knew that going in. We knew the teams that it was going to be. But it was a last-place schedule. So I think if you're a Falcons fan, you know, there's a lot to be excited about with this, that they can really take advantage and make some hay in the schedule. Now, whether they do that or not, that's a whole different discussion, right? You know, we can get into, you know, over the course of the, you know, leading up into the regular season about whether or not they can take advantage of this schedule. But as I look, I like the way the division plays out. I, I like the fact that there aren't real landmines on the schedule. I like the fact that, you know, there's no long West Coast road trips or things like that, <clears throat> other than playing in Arizona, who's not a very good roster. I think things really shape up for the Falcons in this. So I'm happy with the way the schedule is. Uh, again, we knew the teams, but the way that this thing plays itself out, I think there's a good balance in all of this. I don't think you see that there's, you know, a three-game stretch where it's going to be really difficult. 
or, you know, you're getting long West coast road trips. I mean, the, the Wembley thing in London, that is what it is. You, know, you come back and play the Texans the next week. That's not exactly murderer's row. So again, Falcons fans should be happy with the way that this schedule has laid itself out. Now it's up to the Falcons to find a way to take advantage of this. Now it's up to the Falcons to make sure that they get off to a good start and that as the season progresses along, that, look, they can certainly get some victories on the road to end the year. All right, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Listen, as everybody's eating healthier this year, right, we're trying to get ourselves in shape, looking for those delicious snacks. Built Bar's got you covered. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. So whether you want the marshmallow uh, puffs, you want the protein-infused puffs, you want the traditional uh, protein bars, Built Bar's got you covered, and they've got new flavors coming out every single month. But now you have multiple ways where you can buy your Built Bars. You can go to Built.com, check out the website, all the different flavors, all the different types of bars that they have available to you, and order them online, and then put your order in and wait for them to come. But now, if you want to get your Built Bars even more quickly, then you can go to the pharmacy section of Walmart or go to Sam's Club and grab your box of Built Bars right off the shelf. Whether you go the brick-and-mortar route or whether you want to go online, Built Bars got you covered. Built.com is the place to go where you can find all of the delicious Built Bars that are available to you. And now you can get them at Walmart and Sam's Club. So this schedule is a Mike Smith dream. Now, Mike Smith, obviously the former coach of the Atlanta Falcons, okay? One of the things that he always talked about is if he could have his druthers, he would always play every game at 1 o'clock on Sunday. That that was his ideal schedule, right? And, sorry, for now, the Falcons, without the flex games, which, again, the only two flex games on the schedule are the Saints on Sunday, either January 6th or 7th, and in week 15, the Carolina Panthers, which is either going to be a Saturday or Sunday on the sixth, uh, what is it, the 16th or 17th. So that's the only thing that could flex. But every other game, I guess I should say, except the, the London game and the one four o'clock game that they have in Arizona, everything else is Sunday at one o'clock. And this is a Mike Smith dream because I do think that with a young football team, when you're talking about a young team in the Atlanta Falcons, I think that you want that consistency in the schedule <clears throat> to know that you're just going through and playing every afternoon at Sunday at one o'clock. And, you know, there's not all the gimmick games, right? Falcons don't have a Monday night that, you know, then you got to go play on Sunday, right? They don't have a Thursday night game that you got to play, you know, the following week or, I mean, all, you know, or coming in off of a Sunday, going into a Thursday. Like, there's not all of these gimmick games. And that's okay. I know a lot of people were upset that, oh, well, the Falcons didn't get any primetime games. Hey, brother, I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm fine with the idea of no primetime games. First off, let's face it. We haven't done enough over the last five years to warrant a, <clears throat> a uh, primetime type of game, Monday night or Sunday night football. I mean, look, Sunday night football is the single most 
popular television show in America, right? What have we done to be on primetime television on Sunday night on the most popular television show in the country? Like, honestly, we haven't done anything over the last five years that warrant that. And, and if we get good this year and we win the division, guess what? We'll have primetime games next year. We'll be talking about Sunday night football, Monday night football, you know, whatever, Thursday, whatever like that, Amazon Black Friday or whatever Fakakta game that they got. So I got to tell you, I'm excited for the fact that the Falcons are going to play just consistently at 1 o'clock on Sunday. You know, London will be a morning game. The Arizona uh, game will be a 4 o'clock game. But other than that, you're consistently going to go through at one o'clock on Sunday. This is a Mike Smith dream scenario. And I'm not upset about it at all. I think when you have a young football team and you've got to try to get everything together and look for a team that is not accustomed to winning anything. I think just having that consistent routine and players talk about this all the time, having that consistent routine. That's why Mike Smith always liked this. Just being in that same routine, mastering that same routine where Whatever it is, the way you eat, the, the way you um, sleep, um, the way you get dressed, you know, what time you get to the stadium, all of that is just a consistent flow week in, week out. And that's what Mike Smith always talked about was the idea of just having that consistency. Consistency is a good thing. You know, you don't have all the distractions. You don't have all day Sunday to think about a game that's going to be Sunday night. You know, you're not playing on a Monday. You're not coming into a short week where you play on Sunday, then got to turn around in a couple of days and fly into somewhere and play on a Thursday night. Like everything can remain its one consistent pattern out there. And while Falcons fans, I understand that they don't like the fact that, you know, well, we don't have any primetime games. Hey, man, for the good of the football team, this is a better scenario. This this is this has turned out to be a better scenario then having all those Monday night games or a Sunday night game or whatever like that, let Dallas have their three Sunday night games, right? They've got, I think the most Sunday night football games and they've, and they probably play on, you know, Monday or probably some other things too, as well, you know, but again, consistently going through one o'clock on Sunday. I like it. And I like the way that this schedule falls into place. Look, we have to take advantage of this, right? Like we have to be able to find a way to take advantage of what the schedule is. We know it's a last place schedule. We know that they have the quote unquote easiest strength of schedule going into the year based upon last year's results, which again, doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean a a hill of beans at the end of the day. But when I look at some of those teams on there, I just, I don't see that there are landmines all over the place. I like the way the division is structured with all the games not crammed all together, not everything is crammed um, in the last part of the season, or you know, there you, you you're not playing uh, two division opponents by the time you get to your bye week, and then you know you don't have them to play anymore. You're gonna play everybody consistently throughout the division over the course of the season, and even the road schedule, three of the last four that you can take advantage of all of this. So again, I think it works out really well. I think the Falcons are in good position. Hopefully they can take advantage of all of this, but this is a Mike Smith dream scenario. One o'clock on Sunday, having that consistency of going all the way through. 
and not having any short weeks, not having any long weeks, not having Monday, Thursday, even Sunday night, things like that. When the Falcons get good and they become a good franchise again, then we can line up all the primetime games. But for now, I'm thrilled about the fact that they don't have any kinds of primetime games, any kinds of distractions. You can be Sunday at 1 o'clock, and I would certainly say that Mike Smith would agree with me. All right, after you've made Hitting Hard with John Chuckery your first listen, make sure that you go into the comment section of whatever platform that you're on, YouTube, wherever you listen to our podcast, and leave us a comment that you're an everyday listener. So we call them our everydayers, and we thank you so much for being a part of the ever-growing community that we have here. We call them our everydayers, and we want you to leave us a comment to let us know that you are an everyday listener to the show. Five days a week, every day, you're checking out Hitting Hard. You're being a part of our growing network. We thank you so much for that opportunity to come into your audio speakers or what have you on a day-to-day basis. So can Desmond Ritter throw for 25 or more touchdowns? Let me give you a couple of interesting numbers, okay? Matt Ryan, for his career, had nine 25-plus touchdown seasons, okay? Matt Ryan by himself, nine 25-plus 25 touchdown seasons, okay? Every other quarterback in the history of the Falcons franchise had four 25-plus touchdown seasons, okay? Only four. And that was only done by three guys. Three guys besides Matt Ryan had 25 or more touchdowns in a season, okay? Now, the last time somebody not named Matt Ryan had 25-plus touchdowns as a Falcons quarterback, go back to Chris Chandler, in 1998, where'd the Falcons end up that year? Oh, yeah, that's right, the Super Bowl. Yeah, I forgot. So, Chris Chandler, 1998, Chris Miller in 1991, and then Steve Barkowski in 1980 and 1981. He's the only guy who had the 30-plus touchdowns, you know, back-to-back seasons of 30-plus touchdowns. That's the only four times that that has happened over three quarterbacks, not named Matt Ryan. And look, while we talk about what the Falcons offense is, it's balanced, you know, it's a run heavy, you know, offense, you know, again, majority of play calls that were run versus pass. I got all that, but there's no reason why Desmond Ritter can't be 25 touchdowns. Couple of reasons. Number one is we've talked about on the show. They have to be elite in the red zone. Okay. That is certainly definitely running the football in, but it's also little swing passes, you know, little whatever, a quick route to Kyle Pitts, you know, Drake London, right? We saw some of those things happen last year. And if Kyle Pitts is going to, again, he's going to be Travis Kelsey or whatever like that, then he needs to be a 10 or 12 touchdown guy. Well, that's almost half your touchdown total for 25 if he carries it by himself. So there's no reason why Desmond Ritter in in an NFL league that is pass happy and sets all kinds of passing records. There's no reason why that he can't be a 25 touchdown quarterback. And again, if we're going to get into that balanced offense that we all talk about, right, then he should be that. And when you've got, again, Johnny Smith, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, 
You got Tyler Algier. You got B. John Robinson. And then if they, you know, end up re-signing Michael Pruitt, the unicorn, right? If they end up signing some of those guys and, and you know, you randomly find a touchdown target or two, right? You know, I think it was Matt Ryan in that Super Bowl year had what I think it was like 11 guys that he threw touchdown passes to. There's no reason why Desmond Ritter can't have a plethora of touchdown passes to all different kinds of guys and then have Kyle Pitts be your 10 or 12 touchdown. Now, I had a guy last night on the radio say, well, what's Kyle Pitts done to do all this? Here's the thing. These are the guys we have, okay? that like, This is our roster. We didn't draft Panay Sewell or Micah Parsons. So we have Kyle Pitts. <clears throat> That's the guys we got to go to battle with. That's the guys that we have to win football games with. And the way we win football games is we score touchdowns with Kyle Pitts. I mean, that's that's how we have to do it. I don't have Micah Parsons on the defensive side of the football to just game wreck everything, you know, and just go out there and sack the quarterback three times. And, okay, well, you know, we you know don't have to score 25 points a game. I don't have to do anything. Right, we, we've got a game wrecker on defense. We don't have that. We don't have those guys. So, again, the guys that we have, you know, again, London, Bijan, Pitts, that's the guys we have. That's the guys we have to go to battle with. And that's how we're going to have to win, right? We've got a lot of offensive firepower. And not just those guys, but obviously, you know, John U. Smith and Cordero Patterson and all these guys that we have. There's no reason why in today's NFL that Desmond Ritter can't be a 25-touchdown quarterback. And I don't think he's going to be a quarterback that <clears throat> when you look at his stats and numbers, that it's going to be 25 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. I don't think he's going to put the ball in harm's way. But again, if we're going to win and we're going to be a division champion, we're going to have to be elite in the red zone. Well, that's not just running the football in every time. That's not just eye formation, running on the right side behind McGarry and Lindstrom, and we just pound it in there. There'll be a lot of that. Don't get me wrong. There'll be plenty of that. But there's no reason why that, we can't have some vertical passing, whether it's Pitts or John U. Smith. There's no reason why we can't have some vert vertical passing. There's no reason why we can't throw it when we get down deep into the red zone with all the big physical targets that we have. So if Desmond Ritter is only an 18-19 touchdown type of quarterback for this team, I don't know if we're going to get to where we need to be. Because, again, you know what I don't have? Micah Parsons. You know, Joey Bosa, Miles Garrett. I don't have that guy on the other side of the football. I didn't draft those guys. I drafted Pitts and London and Bijan. That's the guys we drafted. Would I have drafted those guys? No, I wouldn't have drafted all those guys. But that's who we have. That's the that's the roster that we've created. And I'm not saying that they're wrong or whatever like that. Time will tell. If they don't get it right, guess what? They'll be looking for a new head coach and a new general manager. And this philosophy... You know, if it doesn't work, guess what? It won't linger because Arthur's blank is not going to, you know, be a 90-year-old owner hanging on to his head coach and, and general manager just for the sake of hanging on to him. That's not going to happen. So there's no reason why Desmond Ritter, and even though it's barely happened in Falcons franchise history, that it's rare that we've seen it. Again, three guys not named Matt Ryan have had 25 touchdown passes in a season and a quarterback not named Matt Ryan 
Hasn't done it since 1998. Oh, yeah, the last time we were in the Super Bowl. By the way, 91 was when, you know, um, Chris Miller, that was a playoff team as well. So, again, in a league that throws the football around everywhere, I'm not telling you that Desmond Ritter is going to have 600 pass attempts. I'm not going to tell you he's going to drop back 700 times and throw it. But we have the weapons to be efficient on our offense. We have the personnel to get this thing done. And obviously the personnel to go in there and score in the red zone. Whatever whatever reasoning, physical targets, guys that can, you know, get themselves up, whatever. We have too much personnel for him to not be a 25 touchdown quarterback. And we've gone through the whole list of players on there. So again, there's no reason why Desmond Ritter can't be 25 touchdowns in a league that is full of Kirk Cousins and guys like that who throw 25 touchdowns all the time. You know, even Ryan Tannehill was a guy in Arthur Smith's offense that was 22, 24 touchdowns. Well, I think Desmond Ritter can be better than some of those guys. I think he could be, again, he's not going to have 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns or anything like that. I'm asking for 25 touchdown passes, right? That's a very reasonable number to get in today's NFL 25 touchdown passes for my starting quarterback over a 17 game stretch. It's not even two touchdown passes per game. So will Desmond Ritter throw for 25 plus? Yes. If he doesn't, then there's going to be a problems on our offense. There's going to be, because we're not going to run for 8,000 yards and have 60 touchdowns on the ground. We're going to have to find a way to get creative because teams are going to take away what we do best down deep. And we've got to get the ball into Pitts and London and Jonu Smith and Cordero Patterson and all these guys' hands and Algier and Bijan throwing the football to him. So I will tell you, I think Desmond Ritter throws for 25 plus touchdowns or our offense may kind of sputter. If he can't be a 25 touchdown quarterback and I'm again, 24, 23. Okay. But if he's 18 or 19 touchdowns, that's not going to be good for what our offense wants to do. This isn't Marcus Mariota anymore. We need to be more balanced. We need to be, you know, an offense that can throw the football downfield and throw it competently because at at times last year, we were an incompetent passing team. All right, well, thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Chuck for your first listen. Be sure when you go in and listen to the podcast that you go in and leave us a comment letting us know that you're an everyday listener. We call them our everydayers. Be a part of the community. Let us know that you're an everyday listener five days a week to the show. We thank you so much for being a part of our community. You can follow us for free on YouTube wherever you listen to your podcast. Get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Also on Sirius XM now on the Sirius XM app and then on my Twitter page at JMCH316. Give me a follow there. Back with you on Monday. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. 